Hey guys, it's Todd. I know you're used to hearing Mike's voice right about now, but don't leave. All right, I got a special podcast for you. Well, we're starting a new podcast series actually, so it's gonna it's comprised of Paul Lingzo, Chris Merritt, of course, the other co-founder of Strength Faction, Mike Baranis, who is a longtime Strength Faction member and a member of our Gym Systems program, coaching program. Also, Paul is as well. Uh, we're starting a new podcast series on fitness business. And we're coming together, man, because there's just so much out there that, you know, you have business gurus telling you, you got to do it this way, or they're just handling one aspect of business. You know, maybe they're just like marketing, 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 here's how to get leads. But like, okay, great. Now, what if you don't have the back end systems to support all those leads? What if you can't convert them? What if you don't have the systems to run that actually produces a good product? What if you're not managing your money well? What if you don't know how to manage your staff? If you have a staff, what if you can't manage yourself? Because all of this stuff matters. And there's so much in fitness and fitness business that's being ignored. And there's so many people that are saying like, here's the path. This is the way to do it. You got to do it this way. And well, as you might've guessed, we say, fuck that because <laughs> we've all come to uh, business in our own way. And we've all been successful in our own way. And we've all learned from each other, uh, Paul, Chris, Mike, and myself. And so we're starting this series to have some conversations about, hey, what are we really doing? What's actually working? Here are some things to actually think about. Real stuff from real people that are really doing it that want to see you succeed and want to make the industry better. And the more good businesses we have in the industry, the better it is for all of us. So we started a, So we're starting this series. This first episode, we all kind of introduce our businesses, uh, and we also talk about some just big overarching topics in the fitness industry when it comes to business and lend some of our own you know, perspective on that. I think you're really going to enjoy this episode. Again, this is the first one in the series. We got about, I don't know, uh, 10 to 12 to 14 more coming in this, uh, this season of episodes that we're doing. So get excited. We got more coming for you. Sit back, enjoy some stories, some descriptions of how we're making our businesses go right now and what they are, and uh, you know, some friendly banter. All right, word up. Here we go. Okay, so Paul, Mike, Chris, we're all here together. This is lovely. We're going to talk about business stuff. And this is the first one of these podcasts. And so Mike had a really good idea about all of us kind of introducing the different things that we do with our business or businesses. And then what I really want to talk about too is some of the points of frustration that we've had as business owners and then looking for solutions to our problems and not really getting what we needed from that. And I think it's a really good start to kick this off because uh, we want to give people all of those things that we were missing out on that we had to figure out for ourselves. So we want to start people a little bit farther down the path than we were. And I think this is the best place to start with it. So Barana, since you have the best mustache, why don't you talk to us about stoked and what's going on there and, and lay down some of the things that you were frustrated about when you were going, man. For sure, man. Um, my name's Mike. Uh, I own stoked athletics and now I do have a business partner. His name's Gaspar Ferrantelli. He's very Polish. Um, and here at Stoke, we do small group personal training. Uh, it's typically, you know, six to eight people at a time with either one or two coaches on. Um, I think, I've been a member of Strength Faction now for fuck man, long time. When did you guys even start? 
2015, but 2016 was then the biggest launch, but we started in 2015. I, I feel like I was like 2016 where yeah. I like really got first introduced. And um, so I think I got really lucky um, going into it because I had you guys kind of the whole way before I even owned a business or like when I first owned a business that was only online and not even in person. But now we have our brick and mortar, 1600 square feet uh, on Long Island. And um, I think with going through strength faction, I've had definitely less frustration, but there's been times where I've ventured off and did some sort of, you know, course here or there with just marketing or uh, just trying to put some things together and, and nothing was ever super cohesive. And I think with, um, once you really get down into having a brick and mortar, it's really cool to be like super hyped on marketing. And that's always the thing that's interested me. But then when you get a lot of leads in the door and then systems start to break, or you get a lot of leads in the door and then you don't know how to, you know, get your staff up to speed. Those are definitely the biggest frustrations. And it's only in the last year and a half or so that I think we've really dove deep on those things. And, and I was able to sort a lot of that out, especially with the finance side of things and, and knowing my numbers. So I, I think just not having something to glue it all together has been like the hardest thing for me, but I'm lucky that I'm young and that I've had you guys kind of mostly every step of the way there. But what were the, so when you said about, you know, you learned, you did some stuff where you learned like, man, here's how, cause I think that what a lot of people are sold is the idea that, well, I just need more leads, bro. I just got to get more leads. I got to get more people in the door. I got to get this. Thing, it's, What's it's that? Not, it's, it's like the sexy thing, right? Like marketing. Yeah. It's the fun so, so what was when, when you got to that point where you're like, man, I, I'm doing this thing and I'm learning how to generate these leads, but like there was a break in the, a break in the system. What was going yeah. on there where you were like, this isn't it? Or like what happened that you were, that frustrated you about that? I was working nonstop, nonstop, like over 70 hours a week easily. Cause it's not just, I need a coach or help my coaches coach or teach them what to do in here. It's I need to do every assessment. I need to talk to every person. I need to sell every person. I need to get them up to speed. If somebody is thinking about leaving, I need to have conversations with them. I need to write all the programs. I need to do everything. And it just became this thing. That's like, it's great. I was making money, but I wasn't able to, I didn't have any freedom. I wasn't able to use that money for anything. I didn't have any family time. Did you so, need all the leads? Did you need all the leads that you generated? Like if you, if you look I at it in, in perspective, but now like looking back with a different perspective, no, did you no. need all those leads? Dude, even like I have to stop myself sometimes now and be like, all right, growth is good. But like, is it what you need right now? Or do you need to work on some things? Right. Yeah. And I don't think I needed that then. Um, I think what I needed was the ability to know what I needed, which I didn't. I didn't know what I needed to work on next. I just thought, well, if I get more people in here, I'll have more money and then I'll throw money at stuff and I'll figure it out. But you can't just keep throwing money at shit because then you waste a lot, you waste a lot of money. You know, you do all these random courses here or there to try to figure it out. And it's like, no, I needed to know what to do next. And uh, I think that was the hardest part, not having the full holistic system uh, and being outside of it to view it all. Yeah. No, it's, I think that's a really good point. I think that's something, especially for, for folks that just started a business or are getting ready to, to think that like, it's not just about how many people you can get interested. There's a lot more that goes into it. So yeah. Paul, Hello. I, want you, I want you to say hi. Hello. Hi. Radio DJ voice. Hi. <laughs> Paul Linzo coming to you from Austin, Texas. Uh, let's, I mean, you have way different setup than, I mean, well, you listen, you have a cool experience because you've done brick and mortar and now you're 100 yeah, percent online in the in the ether yeah yeah man so november of 2020 would have been 
10 years in brick and mortar. Um, you know, so I came all the way through I, in 2010 is when I started subleasing out of another facility, built my clientele, um, had my first commercial lease in 2012, uh, all the way, you know, all the way up until COVID hit. And, um, you know, about two or three months after that, I just realized I didn't want to play that game anymore. Um, in terms of the landscape had completely changed and Illinois in particular was a really, um, weird state to be in, in terms of laws and like that sort of thing. And I just didn't want to play it, man. So we went, we, we'd already started an online wing of our business and we just went all in with it, uh, in June of 2020, you know, put all, all, you know, all our steam behind it. And it was everything. It was, it was more than we could have expected. And, um, you know, ultimately we're like, cool. When that happened, we're like, awesome. Let's, moved to Austin. <laughs> and so we did. Um, and, and what's cool is, you know, honestly, man, in a lot of ways, it was, it was, it was a huge kick in the junk to, to ultimately close the doors on my brick and mortar because I had a business valuation done uh, the year before. So 2019, which was fairly promising. And I was, I was working towards patching up all the things I needed to patch up in order to have an even better valuation. For, for an exit strategy and literally ended up selling quote unquote selling it by just we sold the equipment you know we got nothing we got nothing for the business we had built for 10 years but we got a fresh start and obviously we didn't I didn't sit there and, and, and cry too hard about that we got a fresh start we kept going and now our revenue online is about where it was brick and mortar the size of the team we have is the same size as the team we had brick and mortar. So it's still a business. It's still, there's still challenges. Some of them are the same. Some of them are different. Yeah. And what exactly, I mean, talk about, I mean, you don't have to give all the ins and outs, but mm -hmm. what's, what are you guys doing with your business right now? And so I, this could kind of answer your question about the consult or the, the pieces that you wished you had known early on. Sure. Right. But what we're doing with it, we, I, I like to call it fitness consulting because every time I say I'm an online trainer, people are like, oh, you do Zoom workouts? <laughs> and I'm like, no, man, I don't do Zoom what workouts. What if you did Zoom Zumba? That'd be amazing. <laughs> I, I, I know I could make a lot but of money. But your business but could just be, it'd be Zoom Zoom Zumba. Like, so that way you get a little alliteration. You don't, you know, like, stop it. I'll stop. Yeah. I mean, speaking of which, the one thing I wish I'd known back then is that 99% of a business's success is in the name. Right. So if you've got a catchy name like Zoom, Zoom, Zumba, there's no way you won't make money. But <laughs> this is a joke, by the way. <laughs> but someone is registering that. They're like, yeah, son right, of a yeah, bitch, that's like, gold. That, that domain is hot right now. Um, you know, but no. So, so what we do is we work with clients on fitness and nutrition and mindset, even though that's trendy. We have a very specific way that we do it. Um, it's not just positive affirmations. But the way that we approach our clients is you need, you need some education, you need some guidance, but you have the answers within you. And like, we're going to guide you a little bit more. And I wish, I wish that all the consulting I've paid for over the years, which I've tallied it up is approaching half a million dollars. Um, I wish it wouldn't have been so, so much money. It's yes. so much money. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> is video of this going to go out anywhere? No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
it's what it is, man. Like I was looking for the answer constantly. And it's like, if somebody came along and they're like, Hey, I have the solution to this problem. I'd be like, dude, I'm in, I'll fly to wherever I need to fly to. I'll take your, your class. I'll do whatever it is. Right. And, um, you know, that's fine. Except that there was always this sort of like, do this mentality. And if, and if you didn't get a result, of course, the guru always wants to say, well, you didn't follow the program, you know? Oh, well, this is off. You didn't do it exactly like I said, or it's like, it's very much this like cut and paste type of deal. And I, in sometimes, actually a lot of times it does work if you follow it exactly to a T, but then the problem is it's no longer my business. I can't build a business I'm in love with if I'm following somebody else's rules. So you know, what I wish I would have had 10 years ago is somebody say, man, don't worry about the practical side of business. Like numbers are numbers regardless, right? Like numbers are just a thing. Don't get caught up in tactics. Build a business you freaking love, man. Build a business that you're going to get excited to work in every single day and then build your mat, your model to match that, your prices and your structure and all the things, right? But like, to give you an example of what I'm talking about, when I first started my, like my quote unquote business subleasing, I did that as a group model boot camp, if you will. I had never taught a group class in my life. <laughs> I, 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 had, I had personal trained and that's what I loved to doing. I, you know what I mean? I like, I like a little bit deeper connection. I'm not necessarily a super high energy, like rah, rah guy, but I signed up with a consultancy, you know? So that was like the first 30 K I dropped and they're like, boom, you do a group model. I'm like, cool. I, I'm a group fitness instructor now. <laughs> and that's what I did. And then I hated it, <laughs> you know, and then I hated the business from day one. And I ran that business, you know, from, from that, that's a deficit. That's a, that's starting, you know, that's starting out with your hands tied, you know? So that's, I wish, I wish somebody would just say, Hey man, you know what you want and I can guide you along the way to help you get it. But at the end of the day, it's, it's your vision and it's, it's gotta be something you're in love with. You know, because if you if you try and cut and paste a model, you try and cut and paste tactics, you try and cut and paste logistics, they don't carry over from person to person, man. So that's much real. Oh, yours was a group fitness until you closed. Yeah. So, I mean, when I started out, I did big group fitness. Then we tacked on one on one training with it. Then we went to a semi private model um, and then we had and then by the end, we had both big group and small group. Yeah. I think that's what you said is huge, man, because I think that there's a lot of people out there looking for that answer to either just get a franchise or which, I mean, Hey, depending on what you want from a business could be totally fine for you or yeah. just, they see other people doing this thing and they're like, well, you know, that's successful. That's the thing that I'm going to do. And I, the, the most salient example that I can think of, and, and I'll preface this by saying that they're wildly successful. And I think trying to copy them isn't such a bad idea in some ways. But like with Mark Fisher Fitness, once they got rolling and they started to be really successful and they got a lot of attention for that, everybody else's clients around the fucking country turned into ninjas too. So it's like, you know, it's, <laughs> there's, you got to be, yeah. you got to be fucking careful because you're not, you're not Mark, you're not uh, uh, mm -hmm. Kyle, you're not these people. And there's a very reason that that a special reason that, that formula works for them in the way that they function, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and dude, you know, and one of the things that he does well, and I guess I could, I could kind of throw this on there too, is I wish somebody would have just told me in the beginning, like, man, this is a relationship business, be a human who's building of, who's capable of building relationships 
and the other shit won't matter as much. People will be forgiving when your systems break. Like you don't have to be perfect. I wish somebody would have told me that, man. I, I, Cause I was so hard on myself for so many years trying to be perfect, trying to build the perfect system that would never break, you know, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, dude, I lo- I definitely lost a lot of my humanity in that. And then of course, when you treat yourself like that, your clients treat you like that too. But you also get stiff and rigid and you're not like who you could be for your clients yeah. either, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They don't need that shit, man. Cause then, they, then they see you, then they don't see you as a real person either. So then you're not even really a good role model for fitness because they see you as this chicken and rice eating, you know, machine who, who, who's right. Who like blah, is so on with the nutrition. They're so on with everything. Cause that's the facade you put on. Then they treat you like that. And then you, there's the authenticity of the relationship is gone. The dynamic is weird. The whole thing's weird, man. And you're, and you're just kind of fucking boring. <laughs> <And> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're just yeah, fucking dude. boring. Man. Totally. Totally. Yeah. That's great, Paul. That's a really good perspective. There's a lot in there for, for, vets and, and new people alike so man i appreciate you yeah um, being in on this let's uh let's guys you want to talk to chris should we talk to chris Merritt? Mm. there he is look at him he's got his dog tags on head off take yeah take that let's see that hair nobody else can see there you guys can't see it listen do you see how quick he was about it? he was like yeah i got hair let me put my head back on what <laughs> uh i don't need to say anything because i think everyone should just write down the part where paul said to actually build a business that you love yeah. And um just end it right there. No. Uh seriously though, that that I was like shaking my head as you said that. And it's funny because my story is similar but different in that I opened Beyond Strength Performance, which was soon after retitled Beyond Strength Performance Nova, because this other guy that uh I know and I'm good friends with and we kind of had a business together decided he was gonna do one in state college. Uh, we had an online business first called Beyond Strength Performance. And so his was Beyond, calm down. Beyond Strength Performance State College. So we tacked the name Nova on ours <laughs> and closed down the state college one. Um, and so the most frequent question we got was, so Nova, Northern Virginia, is this some kind of a chain? Like, nope. Yeah, absolutely, bro. Yeah. <laughs> we just wanted Franchise. to have the world's longest name, which was already long <laughs> with Beyond Strength Performance. We just want to make it longer. Um, no, so um, whew, to make a long story short, I opened the gym. I was, I was years of, uh, experience going into it with one-on-one personal training, large group training, um, even a stint in physical therapy as a physical therapy aide, thinking I wanted to go back to PT school. And the resounding theme was that everywhere that I was, I was strongly opinionated. Some would call stubborn and unemployable. And I just eventually had to be honest with myself and be like, Hey, um, you should just open a gym. And I go back to kind of a pact with uh, my best friend from high school who was an up and coming mixed martial arts fighter. And as I'm finishing up college, he's like, I'm going to go pro at this MMA stuff and we should open a gym. And it was kind of a joke. And then the opportunities all were like, you know, fell in line and he wound up being on season 14 of the ultimate fighter, which was the, well, it was recorded in the summer of 2011. It aired in the fall of 2011. And so we were like, what better thing to do than line it all up and open an all-in-one center of mixed martial arts on one side of the house, um, small group personal training on the other side of the house, and try and become like the go-to, speaking for myself, strength and conditioning uh, center in the Northeast for grappling athletes, 
which is a great idea until you realize that there's not a lot of money in, <laughs> in uh, the, the, it may be different now, but in 2011, mixed martial arts wasn't quite as big as it is. And uh, the kids that are attracted to that kind of sport, and I call everyone a kid, but I mean it literally from, you know, teens up into their twenties. There's not a whole lot of people who just straight up getting that in their thirties while I loved training them and we had tons of them in the gym. Um, it, what it really did was it attracted people. So I'm going to go back and say that that, I, that was the business I wanted built it. Um, but since those folks weren't really producing the money, we were able to kind of sidestep it. And it wasn't by design. This happened by accident. It started to attract people who wanted to train in an environment where those types of folks did in fact train usually comped or heavily discounted, which wasn't the best for the business. And it started to attract more and more people who just wanted to be in that type of an environment. And it was awesome. And the business was in an 1100 square foot facility. Um, and we got to a point where the profitability was stupid. You guys talked about wasting money. Um, I, I didn't put a half a million dollars into continuing education, but I did burn some money uh, as a 27 year old who was like, wow, what, what am Where'd this come from? You know, he spent it at the Wegmans hot food bar. That's where all <laughs> I spent the Wegmans, the Wegmans hot food bar. Um, I don't remember what that shrimp was called that they used to do. Like, oh, the the bang bang shrimp or something, man. Oh. Yeah, yeah but, uh, sushi probably more money. Not at Wegmans. Some at Wegmans, but Wegmans sushi's fine. All right, but, but is, Wegmans, is Wegmans is Wegmans like Seven Eleven? Like I don't I don't know. No. no, it's a grocery store, buddy. Oh. Like a really, really good grocery store. Yeah. So, anyways, do you see how uh, he squinted at you when he said that? He's like, "It's like a really good grocery store." Yeah. I, I, I don't know. It. I don't know if you know this, Mike, but I live in the fucking suburbs. Okay, bro. Like, <laughs> if, if you're listening to this, I just want you to go to any post of Stoked Athletics and in the comments, I just want you to be like, "Wegmans, bro. Wegmans, bro." Just inundate. inundate their Bring that I'll take it. <laughs> and then do it to be on strength too for the engagement. Yeah. Um, so, so to bring it all home is we had this awesome business going. I, I made a point to say it was 1100 square feet because the culture was out of this world. And what do you do? Um, when you have a good thing going, you go, we should make this bigger. And so that was 2011. We started, built it up, uh, through 2016, end of 2016, we moved into a space, um, that was about four to five times, about five times <laughs> training space from what we had. Yeah. Um, and the, the best analogy I can give is think of like a, not from a vibe perspective, but like think of going to a small quaint restaurant where there's like a wait list to get in. Everyone loves it. And if that restaurant had the attitude of like, well, we always have a wait list. We should just build a bigger restaurant. Well, it completely changes. Maybe people liked the small quaint environment where you go and like the owner comes out and, and says, Hey, and you're just like, wow, like, you know, this is, this is my spot. If they make it real big and it starts to feel maybe a little bit commercialized, <laughs> um, it, it starts to attract, um, the whole thing just feels different and it starts to, uh, affect the business. Not only that, um, seven Xing your overhead, I guess overnight it was like six Xing our overhead. Damn makes you have to make decisions that all of a sudden you're like, wait, these aren't the decisions that I love from when it was, you know, 1100 square feet, but well, you know, we gotta, we gotta get the business going. Um, and so all of that to say that similar to you, Paul, we spent 2017 going right into COVID 
And while we weren't pumped on our business, you know, I think a lie that people tell themselves in the fitness industry, and we used to say it to each other, like, well, we're not, we're not selling to ourselves. Originally, that original gym mm. that I was doing, like, I was doing club judo at Penn State, I was getting into um, Muay Thai, I was doing a little jujitsu. It's like I was selling to myself in the beginning. And during the day, it was like we would run sessions, lift. Okay, let's go over, hit the mats. Like, and we stopped that and we started going, well, we're not selling to ourselves. And all of a sudden, we started selling to who was attracted to individualized programming. The buzzwords in the industry became injury prevention uh, mm-hmm. or, or post rehab. And so we're like, well, there's obviously money in that. Like, let's do that. And maybe the thought process wasn't exactly that, but that's kind of what happened. Um, it's the busy executives mind frame. I'm going to sell to busy executives. They have money. They need me. Yeah. Yeah. You you don't know anything about them. (laughs) And so it, it was good in that. I mean, going into COVID, we, we were every single year, record year after record year after record year, even though there was a really rough spot moving into that massive facility. And so it was almost like the business was doing well enough that it was like, why change? And even though I had like a different dream in my head of what I wanted the business to become, it took COVID to kind of pull the rug out from under us. And I, I mean, Todd and I had hundreds of hours. I mean, I don't think that's an exaggeration, hundreds of hours of conversations and just like, what do we actually want? And uh, to skip a whole lot of steps, basically today we have a business that's not as small as the first gym, but half the size of the last gym with the culture uh, some of the culture of the old gym, but it's a, it's a whole new thing. We went away from semi-private personal training. We actually went to a class-based model, but it's different. I know everyone will say it's different than anything else out there, but it genuinely is different than anything else out there. Um, and so to, to bring all this home, like something that I heard each of you guys say is about like, you wish someone would have told you to build the business you love. Mike, you said about, um, you know, going different things and people are like, well, you need to do this. And one of the things that we say in Strength Faction is about um, basically define your own path in the industry. And so I think there's a resounding theme between the three of us of all these different experiences, because I didn't talk about them, but we also have hired a ton of different consultants and I'm not all uh, negative on all of them. I, 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 I love each of them for, for things that I learned from them, but I can reflect on the good, the bad, or even the indifferent of like, man, this could have been done a little bit better. And even though I don't, I know that you don't look at it as wasting, you know, Mm -hmm. up to a half million dollars. And Mike, I know that you don't think any of those other things were a waste because at times that you need to tap into marketing. And I know not all of it was from others because you have a ridiculously creative brain, but this breadth of experiences that all of us have is really cool in, in what we have to share and then kind of being a sounding board amongst ourselves um, is incredibly invaluable. And uh, I think that's awesome. Mm. Going off yeah. of the uh, frustrations we've had, I'm just like listening to your guys' stories and just being like, I'm so happy I got into like a group. Like it could have been any group, but like strength fashion, especially obviously because that's the one I've been in just so young because like hearing your guys' fuck ups like have saved me from fucking up so many times. Like how many times was I like, I'm going to open up and just do a bigger thing. And then you're like, let's hop on a call. And we sat down and, <laughs> and you're yeah. just like, do you why this is a bad idea? And I was like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a bad what's, idea. what's funny about that is... In 2011, I had different people that knew what they were doing in business. They weren't fitness industry people. And uh, I can remember some of them being like, yeah, 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 whatever. Like I wanted to make my own mistakes as dumb as that might sound. Um, I wish I could go back and completely understand what my psychology was of all of it. But I remember being like, 
let me do this the way that I want to do this. And I think it comes back to that, like define your own path in the fitness industry. And it's not like, that's what I'm going to do. Um, and so the, the Wednesday calls a while back in strength faction, like became sharing, like here, basically here's what's working right now in the gym. And ultimately, like, I don't think we ever really planned on having a business wing of strength faction, but it kind of grew out of that, like just sharing, here's what's working and being able to share here. What's here's what work. Here's what's working came out of all these resources that, you know, different groups that we've all been a part of. Um, but also those mess ups that were able to help you shortcut a whole bunch of stuff. So that's cool. <laughs> and, and you actually listen, you actually listen. I wanted to make the mistakes. I don't know what was wrong with me. Yeah. Well, I think when you have people outside of the fitness industry telling you yeah. about business, you're like, you don't get it, man. Like this is the <laughs> fitness industry. And they're like sitting there on their, on their private plane, like, okay, I don't get it. Cause it's the fitness industry. It must be a different kind of business. Right. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. Yeah, right. I mean, that's, that's the, that's the mindset. Oh no, it's, you don't get it. It's a fitness industry. They're like, well, <laughs> and some of the advice in hindsight was terrible. Like, well, of I course can, I can think of some where it's like, no, so of it's course. not, yeah. That, that's not to say if you got a lot of money, you have good advice, but it was more a joke on the fact that like, we think that the fitness business is a business and it is absolutely a business and many of the same principles apply. Well, I, all the principles apply. The actual application might look a little bit different. Bingo. Yeah. So, well, I mean, I think that's one of the, the go ahead. You're going to say something, Chris. So are we supposed to introduce you now? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't know if we should. I don't know if, I don't know if that's, there's, there's I don't know if that's necessary. I'm very shy. I don't like to talk about myself. <laughs> uh, no, I was just going to say real quick that, you know, I think that one of the reasons that we've all been able to progress and, and grow and when I use the word grow, I don't just necessarily mean financially from, from a business standpoint, but in just about every way, because are we in tune with the fitness industry and do we run our businesses based on some of those principles by paying attention and, and looking what's going on and who we are actually competing with. And, and that's important. You know, I mean, I used to be the guy that's like, I'm just going to fucking do whatever I want it because it doesn't matter. Cause it's not going to change anything anyway, but it's like, it probably should. Cause you need to know what people that are you're competing against are selling. And I think all of that's important. And there are principles about the fitness industry that, that we want to teach everyone. And that's one of the reasons that we're doing this and we're, and we're all working together on it. Um, but I think I I'll speak for everybody and say like, we don't just learn our fitness business stuff from people that are fitness business owners in the industry. Like that's the, that's the quickest death because you just create like a monolith and you stop thinking and you just start following this path other than being like, well, what's this kind of business do? Or how does this work? Or going into a restaurant and paying attention to their customer service or like, wow, that's a really fucking interesting way to say that. And like trying to draw on all these different things and use it. Cause if you're just like, well, it's just the fitness industry. There's nothing outside of that. It's like, you're fucking dead in the water, man. Yeah, one of the best books I ever read business-wise is, is called Secret Service. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that. It's no. a, the dude runs a hair salon, man. But it, you could take every single, just about every single thing he does, you could take it and apply it to a small boutique gym and just absolutely blow people's minds with making them feel welcome and just amazing service and the whole deal. Yeah. See that, and that's it. And it's even just like right now, I can see him typing. He's buying it. He is buying it. Yeah. <laughs> I might be looking at it for Audible. <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. Uh, what was I going to say? Uh, but that's just it, though. 
that's just it is like, I mean, and even sometimes reading, just reading things that aren't even business related that have nothing mm-hmm. to do with it. Like that's a lot of times that's where you get you. So it's just, I think one of the things to keep in mind is that, you know, we're going to sit here and teach you business stuff, but you can't just rely on that. Like you just have to keep your mind open to, to all of those things and learn and know and interact. And, and, you know, like we were talking about being the boiled chicken and fucking bland rice guy Mm -hmm. and go out and actually live your life, you know, because like you're just people like being around people that live their fucking life. You know, it's way more interesting. hundred percent, man. And it's like, um, business tactics, another great book I read that wasn't, um, necessarily business related is called thou shall prosper. And he talks about a concept of you need to just approach essentially your life as you incorporated. And we get so caught up sometimes in business where it's like, this is my business and this is what my business does. Where it's like, at the end of the day, you, it's, it's you that is your business. And I think that's kind of the underlying, that, like that could go one sort of layer deeper than even what Chris was saying about the unique experiences. That's all we have. Like, no, there's so many people who can teach how to deadlift or swing a kettlebell or whatever. They're doing business with you. And if you develop yourself and you have relationship with yourself and you know what you're all about and you know what you're into and you can clearly articulate your values and and what you're into and you show interest in other people and you develop yourself, you could literally go and do anything, you know, business-wise or service-wise. Like, that's all that matters. And that's why, I mean... I'm really glad, honestly, Todd, like, so for, we, we didn't talk about this earlier and I'm kind of switching gears here, kind of not really, but I was in strength faction, like way before Mike, uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> uh, I, I can't, it was, no, I know for a fact it was, it was 2016 because I just, I had just had my own terrible expansion experience, um, of doubling the size of my gym. And then about, so I was part of strength faction. Then about two years later, I did that mentorship with you, Todd, if you remember, and that really helped me sort through a lot of things about like who I was as a person and just separating, you know, person stuff and business stuff and separating it and then realizing how intertwined it was the whole deal. Right. When I say it was a kick in the dick to have to close my gym for COVID it was man, but also I didn't give a shit because I am my business and I just went and did something else, something even better to be honest with you. And if you could, if you could roll through life that way, just not like, worrying about you, worrying about developing you and really not caring what happens with your quote unquote business, you'll be freaking bulletproof, dude, because people are doing business with you, period. Absolutely. That's spot on. And I think it's about your resources and realizing that you're always just creating, not, and I don't mean that necessarily monetarily. I just mean Mm -hmm. everything you do creates a resource for you. And you mm-hmm. learn and you execute and you pay attention. And then when you have all of these skills, that's why it's like, you know, Chris said about not being employable. Uh, if there's someone that's less employable than Chris Merritt, it is me. Uh, so <laughs> it's like, I, I can do all of the things that I've learned through, through building these businesses with Chris is that I'll always be all right. Like I'll always fucking figure something out. You mm-hmm. know? So, and I think it's just, uh, even if, we tank, which I doubt will ever happen. If we made it through COVID the way that we made it through COVID and, and everything that happened and I good fucking luck. I don't know how you're going to break us, but it's uh, now it's (laughs) do it. (laughs) Fucking uh, no, but that's uh, I think that that's another thing to just keep in mind is like, you're, you're learning how to 
maneuver and and mm-hmm. create resources for yourself. Yeah, that's exactly right. It's, it's really empowering. It is. Mm-hmm. It makes me chuckle that if we do fail, like that's definitely getting turned into a reel now. Like that fucking guy, <laughs> he said it and then it happened. And then it was. <laughs> no, that's not going to happen. It's right not going to happen. No, I'm not worried about that. Uh, yeah. I, I'll say this because someone might be like, well, that's like a, um, like a bravado thing. So I don't know, whatever. But like the reality is we completely shifted and not to go into all the specifics, but we completely shifted the model of our business in weeks, mm-hmm. not even weeks. a month. Like, two. yeah, two weeks, two weeks, a completely, and, and people are coming in. And of course it keeps getting better every week, but I, I said it was a compliment before where it was like, is this the franchise or, this, or yeah, is this like a, um, some kind of a chain? Now people come in and go, is this a franchise? I'm like, no, why? They're like, it's, there's just like, you have a system for everything. And like, we have like these different levels and not just to our training, but like, oh, nutrition, these are our three levels. Oh, you want, you want to talk lifestyle factors? Here's our two levels. Like people are like, where else do you have this? Nowhere. Like, and it's not that we made everything up in two weeks, but we took all of the crap floating around in our heads and delivered all new systems in, in two weeks. And I think that is a testimony to why we're like, we'll be fine. Whatever well, happens. It's Fine. 20, it's 20 years of work that we condensed yeah. into two yeah. weeks is really what it is. Yep. Uh, but that, but it, it isn't just bravado. Cause I'm gonna hold up. Nobody else can see this. I'm going to show you guys this book. You guys should read this book. It's fucking cool. Deep survival. It's really, really awesome. And one of the things that they say about, I read some gnarly fucking stories today that we don't need to talk about right now. Cause it'll take too much time. But, uh, is that there's a point where survivors just decide like, I'm not going to die. I'm just not going to die. Mm. And that's how they get through it. It's just like, Sometimes you just got to be that way. It's like, no, I'm not. I'll figure it out. And that's that's the mindset that keeps you going sometimes. You know. For real. I like that. Do I have to talk? Do I have to do the thing? Or are we just do you guys? I was gonna say something smart. Like, yeah, when say I say it. But no. Say I got it. No, say what you're gonna say. We're gonna let just let everybody know that Chris isn't the joke guy. All right. right we'll <laughs> we'll make the jokes, Chris. Good. That was a good start. I think we're good. Do I have to do when we talk about strength action? Do I need to do it? I'm gonna do it. You want me to do it? You don't. Yeah, to talk about. Yeah, take it. Talk you about do. strength action. You want me to talk about it? Everyone's <laughs> like, yeah. you can't say no now. We're all looking for like, <laughs> like, No, shut up. Don't let him talk. <laughs> strength action was an idea essentially that Chris and I had in 2013, and we were. It started out as we wanted to do an online group training program for dudes, so that. Uh, if guys wanted to kick more ass, we could have them kick more ass. And then we started it, invited somebody else in on it. The whole thing fell apart. And then um, start jumps back 2015. I'm leaving a job and I call Chris and I'm like, Hey man, we're going to fucking do. You remember that thing? Remember that thing? Remember that thing that we were going to do? And you're like, yeah, I was like, yeah, we're going to do it. And you're like, cool. And I was like, yeah, it's going to start in, in two weeks. I'm going to make a post today asking for trial clients and we had no fucking idea what we were going to do yet go ahead I'm correct say you on one thing you said that what you actually said was good i'm glad you're in because i just made a post oh don't have it yeah, and yeah. i was like <laughs> glad i'm in <laughs> i like to move and then so it evolved into you know we were just going to train people we we're going to train other trainers because um that's where it was uh, that's who we could reach uh, that's who our audience really was it wasn't just you know broadly people it was trainers and then 
as we got going, it's like, well, we needed to explain everything that we were doing to the people. And they had a lot of questions. So we started writing lessons. And then we were like, well, maybe this is, maybe what we're best at is actually just educating people and giving them the systems that we know how to create. So then actually take another step back before during like the spring of 2015, I came down, I got contracted to do a seminar for a gym down here in Virginia. And I like to do stuff with my friends. So I called Chris and I was like, Hey, let me hire you to come do your, your program design presentation for all these people. So Chris and I did the seminar together and it was like, Oh, well, like when you put together the things that we have, or I came very much from the, the coaching side of the house of like, not just X's nose, but interaction and everything like that. Chris had this really good program design system. It's like, well, there's the start of, of this thing. And so I also was unemployed at the time, uh, didn't have much else to do. <laughs> so I, I was actually on sabbatical, like I needed a fucking break, but I was um, in Pennsylvania and we started working on this thing and it started to go. And I just had this, like, I don't know what it was, man. There was just this confidence that like, it was going to work. This is actually going to be a thing. And it just was unwavering because we would talk to people that like I really trusted and that I knew really well and that knew me really well. And I would say like, this is what I want to do. How do you think I can do this? And they'd be like, well, it's not going to work because trainers and cheat are cheap and they're just not going to spend that kind of money on that kind of thing. And I was like, yeah, well, you're fucking wrong. And I just did what I wanted to do anyway. And with Chris, obviously. And um, so we did this trial. We got 20 folks in. We asked for 10. We got 20 folks. And then at the end, we converted two. And I remember being so excited. We got fucking two. We needed two. We got two. And so then really what we did is we just started spreading the word, man. Like we got, okay, so what is this thing that we're doing? Let's define it as much as possible. And I wrote up a PDF of like, this is what it is. This is the thing that we're doing. And then I went and sat in Starbucks on College Avenue in State College, Pennsylvania for two days straight from when they opened to when they closed. And I emailed everybody that I knew. And um, we're doing this thing. And then, so we got more people involved and it started steamrolling. And then we did our big first big launch in, in January of 2016. And I remember we got like 50 people to sign up and we were like, holy fucking shit. How did we do that? And then and for, for context, that was four months after the initial idea. Initial after the idea. Yeah. So it's like, and then after the second enrollment, we already had, which is, I mean, I guess maybe for some people, if you're like a big, big, big business person, this doesn't sound crazy to you, but by our second enrollment, we had a, we had a six figure business with like zero overhead. Um, so that was pretty crazy. And then it just, we got on this thing where it like, it really evolved and it's like, what do we really do? And we help people solve problems and we give them the confidence to be able to say, well, no, you don't have to do things. Uh, you don't have to do things any specific way other than uh, see you, Mike. Mike had to leave. Uh, then apply these principles. Um, and then from there, it, it really just became about our personalities, who we who we are, because you know we always has have always had this this joke that we're the rock band of the of the fitness industry. Because fuck you, you know you don't have to do things this way. You don't have to listen. Like what do you what do you want to do? Like you can do this. You have to be smart and you have to apply principles, but. You know, the, the thing is, and that's, that's the whole message of the deal, man, is that at the end of the day, you have to, like Paul was saying, be true to yourself and, and build the business that, that you love or do the thing that you love or be the kind of trainer that you want to be. And there's nobody to tell you that you can't do that because 
I think all of us in different instances have been told that, well, you, you need to do it this way. And sometimes we listened and other times we were like, no, nah, I'm not going to fucking do it that way because that's not the way that I think it needs to be done. And Chris is going to say something in a second, but that just, that essentially turned into a business for us. Go ahead. All I want to say is like, I'm, I'm catching us all saying, you know, you have to, you have to build a business you love. There, the reality is there's people that do very well that have like hands-off businesses that they don't like. And I get like, you know, good, bad, and different, whatever. You don't have to, but I'll tell you right now that it's a lot more enjoyable because like I said, we were doing okay when we had a business that we weren't in love with. And um, it, it, I don't know, we were in like a little bit of a cycle with it, but I think there's a lot of people out there like that that might right now be going, well, I'm doing fine like that. And it's almost like the people that say, I'm good on five hours of sleep. You you don't know what it feels like to feel good. Yeah. So you don't have to, but if you did it, you'd probably feel a whole lot better. So, well, I mean, it depends on knowing yourself and, you, and your personal, I guess we'll call it mission or like what your yeah. central value yeah. is too. If yeah. it's like, if, if owning that business that's turnkey and, and as no involvement from you at all is what you want to do because it allows you all these other things. Yeah far be it for me to tell you that that's not the way to do it. But I don't think people listening to this, yeah. to this podcast or that want to interact with us. That's not what they want. They're trying to figure out how to make, use their passion to live out their purpose and then have a good life and a good living while they do it. Yeah. You know, I think, I think it's worth noting too, though, that like some people like different aspects of things. Yeah. There might be, sure. there might Absolutely. be dudes who don't love sandwiches, but they love being a subway franchise owner because they geek out on the numbers. Yeah, of course. And, 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 that, and that's the whole game to them, right? Or, or you know, or, the, or like you said, they like the lifestyle. You don't have to do anything you don't want to do, right? Uh, it's like an office space. She's <laughs> like, what would you do with a million bucks? He's like, I wouldn't do anything. <laughs> shit, you don't need a million bucks to do that. <laughs> My cousin's broke as shit. You don't do a damn thing, you know? Um, so you don't. You don't you, you're right. So, of course, you don't, ha you don't have to do anything you don't want to do. But... <laughs> playing the long game energetically it's going to be hard to keep steam if you are building something that's not really in alignment with who you are and how like how you want to interact with the world Amen. yeah yeah i was really wondering where you were going to go when you started with you know some some dudes don't like sandwiches but and i'm like yeah, <laughs> yeah. others like soup you know how the story goes <laughs> that's, uh, you like that hook that was yeah. a good hook right you had me i'm like where's yeah <laughs> Yeah. Is this going to be a wife joke? What's happening? Yeah. yeah. Well, Chris, maybe if this was 2014, we could get away with sexist jokes like that. Oh, oh goodness gracious. Yeah, we um, have to edit that out now. No. No, we don't. It's, I think everybody knows that he didn't mean it. Uh, but the, no, and I, I don't remember exactly what I was saying with string faction, but it just continued to grow to, to, we looked at what we really did, man. And that's like, I think we shine a light on the fact that you don't have to do things anyway, other than the way that you want to do them, but there are principles and you do need things like mentorship and you need some tools and you need some things to really start to get the job done. And that's really what we just set out to try to provide better than anybody else. And um, because we looked at it, it's like, great, you know, here's a piece that here's a piece you can go to this seminar and learn about program design, which I'm gonna be honest with you. I've been to a lot of them. Most of them fucking suck and they don't teach you actually what to do. Um, and then you know, you can look at things like, well, here's a coaching piece or here's a this piece, but no one tells you how to synthesize it. And no one teaches you how to actually act on that information and put it together into something useful. And we're like, well, that's what we fucking do. So here's how we did it. Here's what we do. 
take this and try to figure out how to apply it for yourself and do this with people that are actually, you know, that actually give a shit and that are actually trying to solve the people that are in the group with you are actually trying to solve similar problems to you. So you have the community, you have the learning, and then you have the outcomes and you get a lot more support that way. And even further, like you're saying about like, here's, here's all these systems and you figure out how to do them for yourself. But to take it even a step further is like, since Ross took over the calls and he's just like, so, you know, we go through the teaching thing and people will say to people like, what are you going to do by this time next week? And then he kicks off the calls. He's like, roll call, you know, Todd. Yeah. I was just on today. Yeah. Where are you at with blah, blah, blah. And it's awesome because like that is what most people need because everyone goes to workshops or they, they hire someone or they read a book, whatever. And then they're like, Oh wow, that was cool information. And then next thing and they've applied nothing. And so what, what Ross is doing with that, I think is out of this world. Yeah. I like that. It's good. Well, that's, I mean, that's, that's the game. It's the the real question is, well, what are you going to do? You know? And that, and I, and it's, you know, I don't know. You need tools, you need a plan but sometimes you just need to do shit. <laughs> like that's- yeah. I mean, I mean, if you, if you want to make like the, if you want to make the fitness analogy, it's the dude who's or girl guy or girl who's out of shape and they don't do anything because in their head going from where they're at now to doing all the things that their trainer or whomever does they're like, well, I'm not going to do all those things. So it's a, it's an all or nothing mentality, but in reality, they just need to do the next thing. And I think yeah. it's a lot of times the application, you can read a book, you can, you can pay for a $50,000 seminar and take one idea away if you apply it. And to me, that's a success. Yeah. You know? It depends on your perspective. Chris, you know what I think you ought to do is share that, uh, share the way that Dan John just talked to you again about the, the park bench and the bus bench workouts about how like you don't always ha- about people getting yeah. so caught up about always being on a program and, and, and talk about that. Yeah. So, um, talk about like a, what in the world moment. I just randomly hung out with Dan John on Monday and had no idea minutes out, that that was about to happen. (laughs) Um, and, uh, it's always, you know, he talks about the same stuff, but he's so good. And I say that as a compliment, like he's so good at, at whoever he's in front of being able to speak to them, right. Every setting I've seen him in out of this world. And uh, in this context, he was talking to a whole bunch of uh, law enforcement, like high, high level law enforcement agents. And um, he was saying to them his concept of bus bench and park bench workouts. And for anyone that doesn't know, like a a real short intro to what it is, he's like, you take the same exact bench and you put it at a bus stop and someone is sitting there going, okay, the 10 a.m. bus needs to be here at 10 o'clock on the dot because I have this meeting I have to get to. And if it's not, like your whole day is ruined. You're sitting on that bench, but you're like, right. You have this expectation of what's going to happen from sitting on that bench and waiting. He goes, you take the same exact bench and you put it in a park. And if a squirrel comes by, cool. There's a squirrel. If a squirrel doesn't come by, Hey, look at those people over there. Wow. It's beautiful. I'll check out the clouds, right? Same bench, completely different feeling. And he's like, that's your training. And with our guys, what he was saying to them was so often. And, and I mean, this wasn't from him, but to, to jump in with yesterday, Todd goes in and I think this will drive the point home. And then I'll say what Dan said is one of the guys says to Todd about how frustrated he was um, that he wasn't able to like do his plan while he was on the road. 
he's talking to Todd about all these stressors and no sleep and everything. And Todd goes, I don't know, man, maybe the best thing was for you to not train or just play, you know, whatever. And, um, and so what Dan said to them was, you know, different times throughout the year, you should be on a park bench workout, you know, like, and, and the way that he, he breaks it down is, is guys will intensify or I'm sorry, they'll, um, they'll, they'll, they'll accrue volume then they'll intensify and then they'll transform into like whatever it is that they're, they're going into. Right. He was like, but the rest of the year, just show up, just do the park bench workouts. He's like, and if that means, man, Dan was talking about that one test where you take the kettlebell and like you go down 24 kilo and you like go to the bottom of a goblet squat and you hang out for 30 seconds. And then at the top of the minute, like you come up and then right back down, hold for another 30 seconds. And like, you see how far you can go. That was cool. And then playing around with this thing over here, and people are like, oh, like blasphemy. They're not doing a program. Like you just went to the gym and like you played with weights. He was like, but if you're doing that for 10, 15, 20, 30 years over your career, occasionally on a plan that's about getting you to that next level and the rest of the time, just showing up and checking the box and continuing to do something in the gym, like you're going to be all right. So. And I wanted you to say that to illustrate the fact that like, you know, sometimes you, you need to have objectives with your business and, and you need to have a place that you, you want to go. But sometimes like, and there's going to be days where, where you have the expectation, like you're going to beat the shit out fun. of your, what's that? There's going to be days where you plan to have fun. There's going to be days where you're absolutely wiped. You're going to, yeah, and there's just, you just don't get shit done. And there's days where it's just like, well, I just need to check one box and then for my sanity. But that the reality is, is like, I'm, I'm, I'm not this, superhero that's always going to be the most productive person in the world it's like there's and I, I just think it's good to illustrate that sometimes there's a plan and sometimes you just have to show up and do shit sometimes you just have to make shit happen or sometimes you just have to to do and and not get too caught up on specifics and logistics something just needs to be done you know and for those guys like for context you talking about them basically coming back from deployment or like a hard mission like, well i got to do my five by five and i've got to do this and he's like what if you just did one set and you played around with something and then you just like did some good mobility work and you just had fun and that's good enough. Like, and it is good enough. Yeah. Like those guys need to hear that. A lot of people need to hear that. So, yeah. Dude, business wise, people need to hear it. You don't have to do everything. Yeah. Like even the book that I just recommended secret service of like, we got to implement all this right away. And then you're going to feel like a failure. Cause you don't, cause it's a thousand little things. Yeah. Right. And you don't, right? You do need to have fun. You do need to show up and, and think about what you love about your business and, and connect what you love with what your clients are loving and then replicate that into a system or do, you know, create a system that can duplicate that. And, uh, and you like, so going back to what Tao was saying, man, I used to lose, I talk about losing my humanity a lot. And what I mean by that is just, I wasn't graceful with myself because I thought I had to be a machine. So that's, that's the, that's the, contrast human versus machine i thought i had to be a machine and so therefore i didn't i didn't allow myself to be human and do things like have a day where i wasn't productive but now i you know you you let yourself be a human and you understand humans aren't productive all the time you understand that your subconscious is working when you're having those quote unquote unproductive days that you're going to come back with some creative sauce you're going to come back with clarity um and dude if you could just create some margin in your life to where every second of every day doesn't have to be scheduled and you know what your top thing is you need to do in a given day and anything on top of that is a bonus that dude that alone would change the game for you right that's why we start people with steps and water right in yeah. our fitness thing 
Yeah. Absolutely. That's I all I have to say, Todd. That was great. No, I loved it. No, thank you. <laughs> now you're just staring at me. I'm I'm just just, am I supposed to keep ex- going? I don't know. God damn it, you're carrying us. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's a good place to stop. I think, you know, a good introduction about what we're trying to do and, and understanding all the different angles that we're coming from. And I think that's a, a good first good first podcast in this series. So cool. You I'm excited, man. Don't do it all. I'm do excited. something, but don't do it all. Yeah, exactly. Think about what you really want, what excites you. If it is numbers, it's numbers. If it's people, it's people. But figure out why you're doing what you're doing and enjoy yourself. And the way that you would, I'll just say this to, because he's going to close this. He's closing this out. No, my, my head just going with like, because like, I like that. I like that you said that. Like, I don't know if those are the exact words you use, but like, do something, but you don't have to do everything. And I think closing with that bus bench versus park bench analogy, because there are times where you do need to have the bus bench, bus bench approach and your business does need things. And it's not always fun. And even if you have the business that you love, there's gonna be times where it's the bus bench and you're like, crap, we got to get this done. It's gotta be done by now. And I expect this to happen. And if it doesn't happen, it is a business and and you have to take it seriously. And you have to look at like, well, why was the bus late and what, what went wrong? But, um, those times where you're just like, you know what I'm going to do today? I'm going to take the day off and, you know, fucking go play with my, nothing. Go, yeah, <laughs> go play with my kids or I'm going to go fishing or I'm going to like, whatever. Like you don't feel guilty for those things. And that's, yeah. that's the, that's the park bench. Love it. Beautiful Love stuff. It, well, you guys roll. Let's close this one out. There's more coming in this series, guys. We have fucking like 14 podcasts. This is going to kick so much ass. So, um, we're going to be releasing them regularly. I'd tell you a schedule right now, but I don't fucking know it. So I'm not going to lie to you. So, <laughs> but uh, just keep checking in. We're going to keep coming back with and covering all the different things when it comes to, to the things that we are talking about when it comes to running a business, whether it's marketing and, and your avatar to your operations, to, you know, understanding, uh, understanding your business and why you're running it. So all that stuff's coming. We appreciate you hanging out with us and we will talk to you guys soon.